And coming soon to a cafe near you, we're going to have sandwiches and things like that being prepared. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be wonderful. Um, if you've got your Bibles or if you don't uh, and you've got your phones and you want to, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Last week we talked about trusting God. There's a little bit of feedback, I think, on this mic, Paul. Um, so trusting God, and I would encourage you, um, if you can, ooh, am I feeding back? Um, might be in my head. Uh, I'd encourage you, we have a, well, it's not a podcast, but we record the sermons and we put it on SoundCloud. Uh, and that, the link to those messages are on our Facebook page. So it's sort of like a treasure map to find it. But if you need help finding where our messages are online, let me know. I could give you a direct link. Um, but if you weren't here last week, I'd encourage you to go and listen to last week's message. And I will do a brief recap but it's centered around this theme of trusting God. And we talked out of this really, really famous verse that's on all these calendars and on these posters that you find everywhere. So it's a famous verse, but I find sometimes with the famous verses, they become so familiar to us that we become unfamiliar with them. Does that make sense? So familiar that it becomes unfamiliar. And so Proverbs 3 verses uh, 5, it says, Trust in the Lord. With all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. And actually that whole proverb is wonderful because it goes on to talk about how you can have healing in your body by fearing the Lord and how you can have abundant finances by giving your and being generous and not withholding. It's, it's fantastic. But we stuck around that verse, around the theme of trusting God. And to summarise, all my message last week was this, is that trust is birthed out of relationship. You cannot trust somebody you do not know. And so what God is wanting to do is get to know us. And actually, I said that wrong because God knows us. But what God is wanting to do is for us to get to know Him. The biggest blocker for trusting God is our unfamiliarity with God. Because if we really knew God and, 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 and knew the heart that He has for us and the love that He has for us, and we're going to touch a lot on that today, um, then we would be able to trust Him. But there are all these gaps between what I say I want to do and what is actually happening. And, and, and so really... To summarise all of last week is that God wants to bring us close so that we can get to know Him and to realise that He is worthy of trust, that He is dependable. Because how many times have we trusted somebody and they have failed us? Or how many times have we even tried to depend on ourselves and we failed ourselves? We can't even trust ourselves at times because sometimes we don't have the gear, but God will never fail. And, and I just want to... Stay in this realm of trusting God because it is such a key part of the Christian walk is that trusting is the, is the opposite of what, um, what we have this draw to do, which is to be self-reliant, to be independent of God. And God wants us to be so reliant on Him. And that's, in that statement, it seems like weakness to say, I am going to be dependent on. Do you understand? Sometimes we're raised to not be dependent on anybody, like to be self-sufficient. But the Christian walk isn't about being self-sufficient. It's about being God-dependent so that we can have that sufficiency from Him. He brings it into our life. So 
Would you turn with me to Psalm 14? And we're going to just talk about this psalm really just brings up what I, when I talked about the trust gap, there are certain times in our life where trusting seems really impossible. And in Psalm 14, it actually summarizes one of those situations or, or stuff that happens and comes up in our life that makes it hard to trust God. So Psalm 14. Actually, I think I've said that wrong. It could be. Yes, it is Psalm 13. Sorry, Psalm 13. And it says in verse 1 of Psalm 13, it says, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will the enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer me. Lord, my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. What a wonderful psalm. And the psalms are actually a great place for you to get real with God. And because there's a whole range of emotions in the psalms. Because I don't know if you've been told this lie or for some reason we've just gone with it, is that when you're a Christian, you just have to, to be happy all the time and not go through any hard times. And, and things are meant to be easy, lemon squeezy, that one. But they're never that one. Well, there's a, there's a movie that it's not easy peasy, lemon squeezy. It's hard, hard something. I don't know. Anyway, my wife would be able to tell us. Anyway, life is sometimes not lemon squeezy. And the psalmist is saying just that. He's saying, how long, Lord? Have you ever been in a situation where you have been questioning God? Questioning God's timing? Questioning? Because <laughs> even sometimes when we need God the most, we feel like that He is least available. Have you ever been there? You're going through something and you'll feel like God has abandoned you. And those are the moments, those are the hard moments that God wants to develop our ability to trust Him. And it's through relationship. So in the questioning, and he and the psalmist David lists a bunch of things that were happening to him. He says, will you forget me forever? He was feeling left by God. He was feeling abandoned by God. He was feeling forgotten by God, And I wonder if there is any of us in here today that are feeling such a way. For whatever reason, we feel maybe God has forgotten us and that maybe we have been left out of God's great plan. But I'm here today to tell you that's not the case. God hasn't forgotten you. And sometimes we might feel like David felt where he says, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And this is a big one. Anxiety is killing people. Depression is killing people. And, and if... And those are the worst case scenarios where people lose their life to wrestling with their thoughts. But even the wrestle seems to suppress our ability to thrive. Even in the wrestling, it feels like it's, it's like a, uh, get the analogy of, 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 of uh, say like this thing that is just constraining you and you feel like you're having to expend energy just to survive, just to stay up. You're wrestling just to get through life. And God doesn't want you to stay in the place of wrestling 
with your thoughts, but you might find yourself there. Hey, don't beat yourself up about it. There's nothing, you're not uh, broken. You're not unlovable. You are not unworthy of God's help. You're going through a season. You're going through a moment, but that doesn't mean you should own the moment and say, this is what I am now. I am a pro wrestler. Some of us have got the pro wrestling card with our thoughts because we've lived in the space for too long. But God's actually saying, it's time to get out of that arena. Let me fight your battles. I want to fight my battles. You know, this is how I, it's how I fight my battles. So God's saying, would you get out of the ring? Let me in the ring. Let me sort those enemies out for you. He's not belittling those thought battles. Because I know from experience, dealing with stuff in the mind is not, uh, it's not nothing. It's not like, hey, just get over it. Just pick yourself up. What are, you, what are you dealing with this for? No, you are fighting a real battle. Even though you can't see uh, an enemy, uh, you can't see this foe, but the, the battle is on in your mind and God's saying, you, have, uh, you don't have to fight it on your own anymore. Are you with me today? Church. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts, David said. And you might be saying the same thing. But I got news for you today that even in every circumstance, God says, I am worthy to be trusted. Trusting God in the middle of circumstances. Trusting God in the middle of storms. And he goes on to say, day after day, I have sorrow in my heart. God wants to... Touch those areas in your life so that you don't remain in the place of sorrow, but God would bring joy in the place of weeping. God would uh, bring celebration in the place of mourning. God's not wanting you to stay in those places. How long will my enemy triumph over me? You might be in this place and feel just like David, feel defeated, feel empty, feel broken. I play basketball on Wednesday nights, or I used to. I think I've retired as of Wednesday. (laughs) We got beaten. And, uh, you know, when you don't play well, you know, you just... uh, I kick myself for a bit. But I'm used to not playing well now, so it gets easier. (laughs) When I was 14, as a teenager, I... That was my identity. I was a basketball player. So it really hit me around for a six for a whole week when I... And I've come to grips with it that probably that shouldn't be my identity and should just be a part of something I love to do and have fun. So I'm having fun with it. Uh, But, you know, we got beaten up. We got beaten. But after we we got to go, uh, we hung out together as a team. It was the end of the season. We sat and we talked and we laughed and it was all good. So I don't know what situation you're facing. You might be just fresh off a loss. You but might feel red from being whooped. But hey, there's another day coming. You aren't always going to feel like you feel now. You don't have to live in defeat. God's going to bring victory in replace of defeat. Okay, so God can turn. And God, and we talked about this last week, God even turns around the defeats in our life and uses them for our good. Everything in our life, God turns around for good out of Romans. The Bible talks about it in Romans 8. So I don't know if you're feeling like any of those places right now, but today we're going to focus on how how can we take steps forward even when we feel like we're in those circumstances. 
Because there's steps that we need to take. And part of the word that God was speaking to me is that God's wanting to make sure we have momentum even when we feel like we're stuck. So just taking the first steps, taking us taking steps actually brings momentum to the situation and allows God to steer us. Maggie's just started walking and she's getting pretty good at it. She just falls a few times when she walks now, but she's just learning. And so she's taking these steps and she'll fall and she'll get up. And every day she has a little bit more confidence. And that's the picture I see as we take these steps of faith to live in trust. So we don't live in fear or live in sorrow or live in those places. God is going to strengthen your feet as you walk. And even in Proverbs 3, it says, and God will direct your paths. Submit all your ways to God and He will direct your paths. So would you see yourself like a toddler right now, just attempting to step out in this direction of trusting God? Come on. Yeah. So being in circumstances of struggle and trial is not foreign to the Bible, it's not foreign to Christianity. It's actually the Bible says, count it all joy when you face trials of many circumstances because God's developing you. And it's, God, could you stop developing me, please? <laughs> is the prayer a lot of us feel because it's, it's painful and it's hard. But God is developing you because He loves you. And I think about, I was thinking about the story in the Gospels where the disciples are on the boat and Jesus says, I'll catch up with you guys. Uh, actually, no, that's the, another story. This, this, Jesus is actually on the boat in this story and he's asleep. <laughs> I got my lake stories mixed up. And there's a storm that arises and the disciples who are, by the way, experienced fishermen, so are used to being on a lake and are used to seeing storms. These fishermen are fearing for their life because they're in a storm of, a, of some sort of ferocity. And Jesus is sleeping. And how many times in our life, and this echoes the same vibe, do we feel God is sleeping when we are going through something? God, please wake up. Why am I feel like, am I dealing with this on my own? And Jesus says, year of little faith. And He talks to the faith of the disciples at how even in the storm, we should be confident of God's presence with us, God's ability with us, God's victory with us. And even if it seems like he's sleeping, God has never left us. He never will forsake us. And it's never going to happen that way. God is never hopping out of your boat. God's always in the boat, even when the storms are crazy. So the disciples had to face moments of trial where they felt like God wasn't there. And even Jesus himself dealt with these feelings of abandonment. Even on the cross, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In the time of my greatest need, I feel like you have forsaken me. And Jesus had to feel the weight of, of what felt like God's abandonment in that moment. And can you imagine being the Son of God, uh, used to being in heaven, living with God, you are the prized possession of God, and then you come down and obey God and you find yourself on the cross. And it wasn't a surprise to Jesus because Jesus submitted his life and, and, and went willfully and purposefully to the cross. But it still doesn't take away the feeling of being alone in those moments and the feeling of hurt in those moments. And some of us, I would say, are feeling like we've gone through life and we have sacrificed a lot. And where has that gotten us? 
Where, where has that left us? And we're feeling, God, you've forsaken me here. No, 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 no. God has not forsaken you. And we're going to read about how we can take steps. So whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, I want you to feel the, the, the feeling that God has not abandoned you. God has not forsaken you and that He can be trusted. So getting to our points for the day, things that we can take away and we can do. How do we develop trust in times where it's hard to trust God? I think the psalmist in Psalm 13, really the first thing that he does is that he starts talking to God about the situation. Do you see that? That's like, that's such a major point, but we could easily miss that because I think a lot of the time when we're dealing with stuff, we just go shutdown mode, implode mode, freeze mode. I don't know what mode do you go, panic mode. And we do everything other than talk to God mode, prayer mode. Um, because God is actually, that, that's the key right there because it's relationship that builds trust. So in order for relationship, I have to communicate. I have to communicate and, and it's probably a good idea for us to try and hear what God's saying as well. That's why developing a, a, a habit and a pattern of reading God's Word. just And it's not out of religiosity and I have to read one and a half chapters a day to be saved. It's not, no. It's like it's a good idea to make a habit of reading God's Word because that's where He can speak to you. And He can speak to you anywhere, brushing your teeth, going for a walk. And it's about engaging that muscle. You know what we did after worship? We engaged a muscle sometimes that we don't usually use of, of waiting with God. And it goes back to our verse. Would you trust in the Lord with all your heart and in all your ways submit to Him and He will direct your paths. So in all your ways submit to Him. So that's everything practically. It's just let God be involved in everything. And in Psalm 10, it talks about how the proud man makes no room for God in his thoughts. So I thought the opposite of that, which is where we want to be, being humble, is that would you make space for God in your thinking? Make space for God in every area. Like, and if you have to practically do things to make space for Him, why don't you do it? I was listening to a sermon or a podcast, I can't remember. And it was a podcast and Christine Kane is an amazing preacher and evangelist. And she says she has coffee dates with God and she makes two coffees and she sits and she has, and she said, God has never drunk the coffee just yet. But, but she practically, <laughs> practically, makes a step to signify a spiritual reality. So I'm not saying that you need to make two coffees or buy two coffees, but however God is working with you, would you, would you just make room for Him? If you're busy making your nappies, Zoe, just say, God, thanks for your help while we're making these nappies. What colour do you like, God? And I don't know. God's not like, it's not confined to the box of what we think religiousness is or He just wants to get out of that. It's like God... God is, is with us. We are the temple of God, the Holy Spirit. So His presence is with us. So, woo. So communicate with God, please. And I'm preaching to myself. Because actually, after last week, I had to face a few circumstances and my immediate response was panic. That's the, that, is, that is the go-to gear that we go into. 
And I had to remind myself of what I preached on, on Sunday. You just trust God, man. And can I tell you, nothing in that circumstance has changed, but I have complete peace about that circumstance because I don't have to carry the weight of it anymore. Isn't that cool? And it feels like it's laziness, but it's not. It's actually what God wants us to do. It's yours, God. And then God might say, God might say, okay, I've definitely taken it away, but here is one or two things that you need to do. And would you keep, would, you know, it's not like God does everything. For, do you get what I'm saying? We bring a circumstance to God. He carries the weight and the responsibility for it, but He might direct your paths to go in a certain way and to act in how, what He's called you to do in that situation. So be on the lookout for that. Because as we talk to God, God will talk to us. And so the first key for trusting God in the midst of stuff, whatever stuff is for you, is to communicate with God. Uh, number two, and the psalmist says, David says in Psalm 13, in verses Five, when he, he goes through all these circumstances that like, God, you've left me, I'm abandoned, I'm wrestling with my thoughts, I'm anxious about stuff, my enemies are kicking my butt. But then in verses five, he says, but I trust in your unfailing love. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing for the Lord's praise. I will sing the Lord's praise for He has been good to me. That is our practical takeaway home steps right there. He says, I will trust in your unfailing love. So your trust is, a, is only as strong as the one who you put your trust in. If the person that you're anchoring your trust on is not dependable, how good is that trust? It's not very dependable. And that's the problem with trusting other things other than God. And, and, and that's not to say you don't trust people. God breaks down those walls and you develop trust and relationship. But if your place of security and dependence is in other people, then that is going to fail you a lot of the time. When times get tough, uh, things break down and stress happens and, and people look at you the wrong way and, 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 and they don't do what they say. And, but God says, I don't want you to be at the mercy of other people. I want your trust to be first and foremost on me. So before your dependence on your wife or your husband, your, your, your dependence needs to be in God first. You need to be centred and grounded in God and your relationship with Him first. Because what happens when you have a fight with your, you know, if you, know, if you have fights, you know? <laughs> If your support structure breaks down, then where are you? But God says, David says, but I trust in your unfailing love. See, God is dependable 100% of the time. So would you just again place your dependence on His unfailing love? And I began to think about that. This is another unfamiliar, familiar thing. God loves me. Yes, I know for the Bible tells me. But what would it be like if we really lived in the knowledge of God's love for us? I would say a few things in our life would be a little bit different. If I knew that God loved me, then I don't feel like I need to earn God's love by doing stuff. I don't need to earn God's love by being a super Christian. 
but God loves me for who I am, with what I've got going on, with everything that's in me. God loves me, warts and all. God loves you, warts and all. So we might find ourselves unlovable, but what God wants to let you know is that you can trust in His unfailing love for you. So He has the best intentions for you. He has your, your desires at the, at the core of His heart. He wants you to thrive and to prosper because He loves you. He loves you. And it's not like a love that, that is, is just uh, there in moments of happiness and joy, but love that's there in pain and hurt. And it's in those moments of storm that God's love is this perfect thing. And, and I love this. In, in 1 John 4, it says, the Per, the love of God, perfect love, casts out all fear. Casts out all fear of, of oh, I don't, what if? See, this is the trust gap. It's like, what if God, what if the, the mortgage isn't paid? What if those bills? What if, what if, what if? We have this fear come into our life. But God says, as you get to know my love for you, would fear be driven far away from you so that you can be, you can be sure that I'm with you. God's wanting to solidify that. You can trust in His love. You can trust that you are valuable to Him, that you are uh, cared for by Him. It's just so good. So we're going to communicate with God. We're going to trust in His unfailing love for us. And if you want to do some homework, would you read 1 John 4? Uh, And that's a beautiful passage about the love of God and how... Because we've been loved by God, we can now love others out of that. And, and so everything in our life's got to flow out of that love, God's love for us. And, and verses three, not verses three, my third point. <laughs> Trusting God in hard circumstances. The psalmist David says in verse six, he says, I will sing the Lord's praise for He has been good to me. It's easy to sing songs of praise in times of of happiness, but actually it's a weapon of warfare in times of hurt and pain. As you sing praise in places of feeling like you're abandoned and feeling like you're alone, that's actually warfare. It's like saying, God, I know you're there. You are going to fight my battles, God. You are going to, and and we sang a song today. It says, I'm going to sing in the middle of a storm. What are you doing singing in the middle of a storm? It's because you're pointing towards your dependence on not the circumstances, not your ability to save yourself, not your friend's ability to come and rescue you, but God, my absolute dependence is on you in this situation. I'm going to praise you, Lord. And a story that comes to mind is when Paul was in prison in, in Acts and, and he was with one of his buddies and they began to praise God in the midst of their imprisonment. And then you see the beautiful thing that God does. He releases them from the prison miraculously. It's like, don't get stuck in the feeling of trappedness. Don't get stuck in, in those situations. Begin to praise God where you are. We are. You don't have to wait for things to get better. Just start praising God in the midst of the rubbish. God, you're so good to me in the midst of financial difficulty. God, you're my provider. Woo! I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing. And if you've got a, a voice that is, is different, would you just sing anyway? Would you? Whatever it is. And maybe your thing is you write poetry or maybe you paint and do that. Express your heart to God. Praise God. Uh, in those circumstances. And, and David gives us a key is that 
if your circumstances now are bad and then you can't find a reason to praise now, would you cast your mind back to the goodness of God of what He's done in your past? Because verse 6 says in Psalms 13, it says, I will sing the Lord's praise for He has been good to me. How many times has God rescued you from a situation in the past? How many times has God provided you for in the past? He will do it again. He will come through again. He will make a way again. Using the past as a fuel for what God will do in your future is a way for you to engage God and say, God, do it again. Do it again. Because I remember when I first gave my heart to the Lord, the, the, the fire and the passion and the ease of my faith was, oh, if all those days could be like that. But then you grow in your faith and you, uh, God's wanting to actually mature you and you don't feel so much of that stuff all the time. But you can cast your mind back to God. I know God is with me. Even if I don't feel it, God's with me. Thank you, God, for being with me. And why don't we pray? Guys, let's stand together and I would just love to lead you in a prayer of trust. And, and if that's touched you at all, just right where you are, you can just raise your hand and, uh, you know, just to God, just to, as a signal, say, God, would you just fill me? Uh, God, speak to me about my situation. Lord, right now, Lord, we're so hungry for your presence in our lives. And Lord, we know that you never, ever leave us. You never, ever forsake us. But Lord, sometimes it feels different. It feels different, Lord. Sometimes it feels like we're alone. So I pray, Lord, in those moments, would you help us know your love for us? Lord, I just pray your unfailing love would begin to flow into every heart and into every mind. Holy Spirit, come and pour your love into our heart. Pour your love into our heart, just like a, an ocean of God's love is being poured over your life right now. Right now, God's love is coming down in Jesus' Name and it's restoring every area of hurt, every area of pain. You're just standing under the flow of God's love for you. And it's not a small trickle. It's like this, like picture yourself under Niagara Falls and, and take out the, you know, the fact that it'll probably hurt you, but God's love was just going over and over and over and over. And it's just the force of God's love is just washing away everything, every hurt, every pain. And God, You're just doing a new thing in our life. You're doing a new thing. God, I just pray right now for every single person. Lord, I pray for every single person.